Welcome to the Amateur Church Podcast, where we pursue excellence in ministry with the right motivation for the sake of love. I'm Pastor Matt, and I'm so thankful that you are on this disciple's journey with me as we are reading through the book of Proverbs. The book of Proverbs is one of the greatest books in the Bible because it gives practical application to our theology, what we believe about God. And we walked through some of the theological truths we can gain from the book uh, in the previous episode. Today, we want to ask devotion questions. How can we apply this text devotionally? And so you can gather with your family or small group, and once you've walked through these questions personally, you can ask them and uh, and have some one-on-one conversations that might challenge even the way that you read the book and apply some of the lessons. So I just want to walk you very quickly through uh, five major questions. Number one, uh, we know that the book of Proverbs primarily was written by King Solomon, and that Solomon gained wisdom because God asked him uh if I were to give you anything, what would you request? And Solomon says, wisdom and how to lead. Well, so my first question is, if God gave you the request or treasure of your heart, what would it be? Now, before you say, well, wisdom, like Solomon, uh, my question is not necessarily what should it be, but right now, if God were to give you what you are pining for, craving for, thinking about, just really that your day is spent uh, in in uh, is monopolized by what would that be? Would it be money? Would it be health? Would it be relationships? What would that uh, treasure of your heart be? And I want you to take some time and think through that, uh, and then ask, okay, what things need to change because of that? Second question from the book of Proverbs is when you read uh, chapter one, uh, consider you know how the the author writes, "Hear my words." And then chapter 2, verse 1, if you will receive my words from a father to a son. Chapter 3, verse 1, do not forget my teaching. Chapter 4, verse 1, hear the instruction of your father. Chapter 5, verse 1, give attention to my wisdom. Over and over we see uh, one generation telling another generation, pay attention to what I'm sharing with you. You need this wisdom. So my questions that kind of spring up from that is, first, who are you listening to? Who who surrounds you right now with godly wisdom? Uh, is, it, is it individuals from an older generation or those who are mature in Christ? Is it your buddies who kind of think just like you? Is it somebody younger in the faith, not necessarily biologically, but spiritually, that you're trying to get your, uh, your wisdom from? And, and so think about that. Think who you need to be listening to. And then, what are some key insights you've learned? Maybe a father in the faith or maybe a mother in the faith. What are some things that you have learned from their life and that you've put into practice? A third question that comes up uh, that, that I want to want to kind of pose to you deals with how we interpret the book of Proverbs. It's been said that one of the most important distinctions that can be made about this book is that Proverbs are not promises. Let me say that again. Proverbs are not promises, meaning that while there is great wisdom and application and a a great way to apply these certain principles, it does not make it a blanket statement that if you do every single thing according to the book of Proverbs, that you will have uh, the exact result that a proverb might share. For instance, one of the greatest verses in Proverbs is Proverbs 22.6 that says, Train up a child in the way that he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, 
we could take that, and if we apply it as a promise, then we would say, well, if I train my child in the right ways, then he will never depart, or he will never make a mistake, or he will always do the right thing. Well, that's not what it says, first and foremost. It says, uh, train up a child in the way he should go, and he will not depart from it that particular way. It doesn't mean he won't stray at certain times, but we can't even apply that as a promise. It's a proverb that we must understand there will be some children who form their own path. They make mistakes, and they may depart at certain times from what you taught them. We don't know the mind of God. We don't know the heart of God and, and His sovereignty. And we definitely don't know the full extent of the sinfulness of mankind. What we do know is that we can do our best to train them. Ultimately, the choice is theirs. So the 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 uh, the... The way that we interpret Proverbs many times can get us in trouble if we view them as promises. Oh, he will never depart from my teaching because that's the book of Proverbs. Well, so here's the question. How can we build a right understanding from this verse? If Proverbs are not promises, what's the best way to see this verse? And I want you to take time, talk with your small group, talk with your family about how to see Scripture, in light of Scripture, of course, and and, and build patterns, build guides, build boundaries, and yet also remember that ultimately the choice is going to be uh, the, the, the person who's making those, those decisions. And this is not just with training children. We see Proverbs that deal with money, deal with work, deal with all um, you know, how we treat relationships. And there are certain times that Proverbs makes a very emphatic statement of, if you do this, then this will happen. Read it as a proverb, not necessarily a promise. So talk about how you can build a right understanding from the verse. A fourth question. Uh, Proverbs 24 verse 3 says, By wisdom a house is built. One thing that I've done in with that verse is I have imagined that, uh, let's take that that for what it says, by wisdom a house is built. If you were building a house, what would you want to make sure is done to secure that house, to have it reinforced, to have it uh, you know perfect as perfect as it, as it could be? Now, take that house and consider that your life is a house. If you're building your life, building your house, what would be missing right now? If, if by wisdom a house is built, what changes would you need to make to your life right now for it to be a fully well-constructed house? For instance, would the roof be leaking because there are some places in your life that you're not applying wisdom? You're not being sheltered and secure. Would the walls be unfinished because you've applied a little bit of wisdom here, but not as much as needed to be? If, if your life, talking about your relationships, maybe with your spouse or your children, would their rooms be, uh, be secure because of how you treat them with wisdom, or would they be unfinished? Uh, would it be warm? Would it be cold? Would it be a house that was, uh, that, that was fully furnished? Or are there places in your life that God still needs to work and 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 build out for you with wisdom. Now, think through that and ask this. What changes do I need to make? How where are areas in my life that yes, I may be doing, you know, not necessarily bad things. I may be doing good things, but I'm not using full wisdom. Uh, think through those things 
And when you consider your life, I mean, even draw out different aspects of your life, your heart, your mind, your body. Are there things in your life that you need to apply wisdom in better ways to that? And then finally, uh, one of the most famous passages from the book of Proverbs is Proverbs 31. And it shares the description of a worthy woman. Uh, we, we see that they, this passage is quoted many times, especially around Mother's Day or when we honor women. Uh, but what can happen many times is that when you set that up, Proverbs 31, as the picture of the great woman of God, then we compare many women in our lives, uh, or maybe if you're listening yourself to that list, we can develop unrealistic expectations. And then on the flip of that, um, we could, uh, in, in developing unrealistic expectations, live in uh, kind of shame and guilt that we're not doing what we're supposed to be doing. Or we say, well, I'll never meet that. And so we just stop trying to pursue godliness and we live any way we want to. So how can we guard, based on Proverbs 31, how can we guard as men and women against unrealistic expectations, but also pursue godly lifestyles? And I want you to think through that. I want you to walk through that with your small group, with your family. Talk about ways that you can... uh, guard against shame and guilt for not being who you think you need to be, but also pursue and press on to be better than you are. Remember, ultimately, that all of these questions uh, need to point us to Christ. How do these passages point us to Christ? Because He is ultimate wisdom for us. Our memory verse for this week is Proverbs 1 verse 7 simply says, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. And we see that word fool mentioned many times in the book of Proverbs, and we know that the fool has said in his own heart, there is no God. But we know that we serve a God who not only gives wisdom, but is wisdom for us. Jesus Christ, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, became wisdom for us us. And that's my prayer today, that we would walk in wisdom, treasure wisdom above all things. Hey, I love you. I'm praying for you. Stakes in the ground.